when you take it as God's words speaking to you, you realize that everything that happens in this book is a supernatural thing that happens to people. And I've learned something through life that you can have natural results, which is, which is the way that everybody else in the world does things, where they spend 20, 30, 40 years getting, you know, saving up their money to buy whatever it is that they want to buy, and then, you know, go to the bank and get a loan and pay 30 years paying it off. And, but I've learned something that with God, he likes to move pretty quick, and he, want, he requires faith, and he does things supernaturally. And... Um, I've lived with a lot of different people in different homes and, you know, roommates and different things. And the one thing I noticed with people is that their whole day consisted of doing natural things most of the time. If they did spend time with God, it was maybe for 10 minutes in the morning. They read a devotional, they, sh- they shut it, and they went off to work to work till 7 o'clock at night, come in super tired talked about how hard the day was and go to bed. And I thought, man, if this is the way that people live, I don't want to do this. And I um, live with many family members and different things like that. But one thing I've learned about my dad is that my dad spent so much time in the word that I would watch the word change him and him change by faith that my dad would get supernatural results. I mean, think about this church, this land we're sitting on today. He bought it on a handshake. He didn't have a dollar in the bank when he bought this property. And, um, and he did it just by the Lord telling him, he gave him a vision of a church. We have the photo back there and dad drew it up based off what the Lord told him and put it in the foyer and it sat in the foyer back off of, um, Errol, what is it? Not Errol, Victoria Plaza is where we were at, where the BMA Dalius was. And it sat there for 10 years until we actually built this building And I learned something from that is that my father stepped out in faith many times to get a supernatural result. And when we didn't have the money to buy this property, my dad bought it anyways and paid, I believe it was 120,000 for the land. And um, now the land's completely paid for with the building. And what was it during COVID? Right before, I think it was during COVID 2020 when pastor said, we're going to pay the building off. And I thought, well, if, you know, we're all looking at the natural, the way things had been going, and you're looking at the finances during COVID, you would think this is not a good time to pay the building off. This is crazy. And he said, no, I feel in my heart the Lord's saying pay it off. So what is he doing? He's taking a step of faith. So we're going to get into what is faith and how faith works and the basics of faith. But what I learned is that anything you do in life that has to do with God, he wants you to take steps of faith. Believing in what you can't see. Believing in the unseen, bringing the unseen into the natural realm. Why? Because God's a faith God. Everything he did was by faith. And so then six months later, you know, we we made a chart of paying the building off. And it started happening where we were paying the building down. And and then um, I remember one Sunday, he just said, we're going to pay it off this Sunday. And we still owed about ten dollars or $15,000 on it. And that Sunday, it was paid for. And I thought, well, what do I know? I said, I'm going to follow... If dad says we're going to do something. And so then I thought, well, why are we stopping there sometimes? You know, there's other things we want to do. I want to, I was talking with um, a, con, a guy who does, did Mark Hankins studio. And I want to put, I want to change the whole lighting in here. And we want to do cameras and multiple angles. And I mean, it's going to be expensive, but I've watched people do it by faith. I mean, I watched Jonathan Shuttlesworth just say, we believed God for certain cameras. And within a few months, he said, us church um, 
was upgrading their equipment and they contacted us and said, do you want these older cameras? They're like really high quality. They're still nice. They're a few years old, but we're doing brand new stuff. You can have them. And they gave them to him. And that's how he started his new studio with some brand new cameras that were given to him. But he said that they had started believing and praying and asking the Lord for these certain cameras. And then within maybe less than a year, from what I understand, that he actually got those cameras. Why? They're putting their faith on that. And so I'm seeing that there are people in, in this world that get supernatural results and they get it faster than the normal time that normal people get it. And I've learned that faith is what pleases God. Faith is how God works. And so that the more you study faith, the more you access the supernatural or the realm of God, what Dr. Cho would call the fourth dimension. And, you know, you can take the long way in life and spend your whole life working hard for something, or you can take the shortcut and learn in faith and learn how God works, like I've seen a lot of people do, and get supernatural results. And ultimately, I think it's just, it saves on your body, it saves on time, it saves on, on, on the will of God and the plan of God. I mean, it, you know, you, we're not getting any younger year by year, and it's like, I don't want to spend 40 years saving up money so we can buy cameras for this church and do lights so I can eventually get on TV, you know, when I'm 50. So um, that's where you step into the realm of faith and you start believing God for things that are impossible and things that in your life that seem impossible, but they're not, they're possible to God. And accessing those things by what? By faith. But I want to read something in Hebrews chapter 11, because we're going to look at this. So this is month's going to be faith opens the door to the supernatural. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith, so it says now faith is, which means something that faith is not future, that's hope. Hope is future. You have to have hope and faith. They do go together. Hope is believing in a better future. You have to have hope for tomorrow or else you're going to be depressed. You're not have nothing to look forward to. But faith is now. Now faith is. Faith is in the, in the immediate. It is a substance. So it's actually a literal substance of things that you've hoped for. So you have hope, things that you're believing God for. But faith does what? Takes it from believing to actually what? Receiving. Now faith is. For the evidence of things not seen, so things you can't see with your natural eye, but you see it in the realm of faith, you're seeing it in your imagination. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made out of the things which are visible. One thing I've heard Dr. Cho say is that the unseen realm is more real than the seen realm. The unseen realm is where God lives. The unseen realm is how God made the heavens and the earth. The unseen, everything comes from the unseen realm and controls the seen realm. He said the fourth dimension, which is the, the unseen, the spirit world, has to control the third. The greater always controls the lesser. So that's why he says that things in this realm are temporary. That means they're subject to change. Things in the faith realm, they're eternal. In God's realm, they're eternal. They never change. And it takes, I think it would, um, in my opinion, I've wanted to spend more time in the realm of faith studying because that's where things actually do happen and things do change. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, which he obtained a witness that was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. Five, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. He was not found because God had taken him. But before, before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. One thing I read about Enoch in the Old Testament, it says that Enoch had walked with God. And I've heard commentators uh, people have said that Enoch walked with God and he was, the daily walk with God was, uh, 
he walked so much with them that he eventually started going in between this world and that world, and then he was just gone, is how, one, how they put it in some terms, that he had a closeness that he walked with the Lord. And so uh, he's really the only one, Enoch, Elijah, and Jesus were the only three that were taken before they passed away. Well, Jesus had passed away, but he had resurrected, but Enoch and Elijah were the only two. So Enoch pleased God. He says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. So he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, is God pleased with everybody? No, not necessarily. What pleases him? Faith. So um, Pastor Mark was preaching this week and he says, God, does God love everybody? Well, it says he loves the world. He gave his only begotten son, but he says God also loves a cheerful giver. So there are things that God loves. There are things that pleases God. One thing that really gets God's attention, that the only two times that Jesus ever marveled was one time was with the centurion. Why? Because he had great faith. And because he said, only speak the word, my servant will be healed. It says that, that Jesus marveled. So in order for them to write down that he marveled, they must have seen that Jesus went, wow. Jesus has been around a long time, forever. And, it, and, you know, he probably didn't marvel much, but he did marvel at one thing, and it was great faith. And, um, and so that, if great faith pleases him and causes things to happen, then I think we should study that subject because it, it got Jesus' attention when the centurion said what he said. And so without faith, it's impossible to please him. He who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I've heard the statement that Brother Hagin said that um, believing and speaking opens the door to the supernatural. And we're going to cover the believing part of that today because the speaking part we'll get to on the last two weeks of this. But I want to get into the believing part of faith because you have to get the word from, you know, just your mental. They call it mental in a sense. It just means that you're hearing the word right now. I'm preaching the word. You're going, I agree with that. That's good. Amen. Praise God. And then, you know... Um, you don't ever study the subject of faith, so it never takes root and gets down in your heart. That seed has to take a root and get down in there, and then you have to water that seed. Pastor was teaching on the whole kingdom of God works on what seed time and harvest. And so once you plant that seed, you've got to continually water that seed if you're going to see results with that seed. And so that takes, believing takes mental assent or mentally agreeing with the word of God and reading the word of God for that word to get down into your heart, Pastor Megan just preached on the seed. She did a great job preaching on the seed. Getting down into you and watering and watering and watering and watering until you actually see results. I planted seed um, across my pond when Wilson dug it up. You, it, it's just dirt, and you have to you go out and buy seed, and you put it out there. Well, I didn't have a sprinkler system, so I had to go out there every day and water the entire pond. And it didn't happen the first day. It didn't happen the second day. I think it was like three months I went out there every day with a hose. I put like bought all these hoses and extended them and just sat out there and just walked the pond. Why? Because I didn't want to lose all the dirt back into the, the pond and the seed ho holds on to that grass. But I learned one thing is that you're going to have to get consistent with water in that seed, with water and faith, taking faith and going through it. And after, you know, two or three months, and then obviously the help of, um, I beat the summer rain, which praise God, when we did it. And then once the rain came, it helped. But after about three months, the grass started to come up, 
and started to take root. And then there got to a point where I wasn't watering it as much. But you always will have to go through faith and study faith. You never get to the point where you arrive. And that's the one thing with God is that he's always taken you from faith to faith. Not from, he didn't say from faith until the end of faith. He just said from faith to faith. The second, you know, he, Pastor Mark was talking about many believers want to hit retirement and quit at some point. He says, but there is no retirement in the kingdom of God. He's always going to require you to give more, to do more. And as soon as you, 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 you feel like you saved up enough money and, and then you give that money away and then you're going to get to a next level of your finances from 50000 to to hundred, then you're going to give that away. And then he said, God just keeps taking you to more levels to where he says that, yeah, where he was talking about how he's given almost, what, $40 million away at this point. And God's still requiring him to do more. So he says, you always live by faith. You always need faith to do what God's asked you to do. And you never get to a point where you just arrive. You just get to a point where God just says, let's go to the next level. So faith is always active. Faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. By, a, a, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of place. By faith, he dwelt in the land, the promise of a foreign country. Ten, um, 11, by faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive a seed and bore a child. Um, let's see, 13, all died in faith, not receiving the promises. I'm going to go to 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested up, offered Isaac. who had received the promises offered up. Not 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. Uh, 21, by faith, Jacob. 22, by faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, 20 times. What is this saying? All these people in the Bible received supernatural results. By what? By faith. They were told by God to do something, and the only way they were going to access it was in the faith realm. And so you ask yourself, well, how am I ever going to start this business? By faith. How am I ever going to get my business to a million dollars? By faith. How, how are we ever going to grow this church uh, to where we're full, running three services? By faith. How are we ever going to build another building? By faith. How are you ever going to do the will of God for your life? It's going to be by faith that you access that, because everything with God is impossible. And you might as well just get used to that. You might as well just start believing God for the impossible. And you go, you go to God in prayer asking him what you should do. But anything that happens in your life, I mean, when I bought land, it was by faith. And thank God for my mother. She uh, had more faith than I did. And so I, I was riding off her faith. And you can ride off people's faith for a little while. That's one thing Jim Hockaday was doing. He just said, have faith in my faith that I have faith in God. I've been around. I've been doing this for 20, 30 years healing people, getting people healed. He said, just have faith in, in the faith that I have. And so when I remember buying property, my mom said, no, we're going to buy land. And I said, well, I could barely pay you rent. And she said, doesn't matter. You're going to buy, we're going to buy land. You're going to believe God. And so you can end a lot of arguments just by saying, have faith in God. <laughs> just saying, have faith in his ability. In that not, we look so much to our own ability to do things, and that hinders us because we're looking at our natural resources. How much money do we have to do this? You know, and like when dad shook the hand for this property, he didn't have but, you know, maybe 100 bucks in the church checking account. And he, he did it by faith. He just took a step out. The other day, I went to the bank by faith. I've been reading this faith book. It's been stirring me up. And I thought, well, if uh, faith has an action, faith without at works is dead, it says in Hebrews 11. Well, then I'm going to go to the bank and just sit down with Rosa, 
I've already had three mortgages. This will be my fourth one. And I've just asked her, I said, all right, well, what do I need for another one? So she prints it out. She goes through the whole thing. And I just started looking at it. And she goes, well, you need to bring me this. You need to bring me that. And it's like, I don't have the finances to buy a house right now, another one. But by faith, I do. And well, I'm going to talk about that. But I just acted like I already did have the money. Walked in there and just sat with her and says, and she just printed out everything that you're going to need. And then, um, and then me and my little brother are talking because, you know, I, I'm going to use his cash and my credit history. And, um, you know, there's ways that faith works. And I don't know how no, all, it's all going to work. But I know that the, as the Lord begins to show me that, you know, I have the, the, the mortgage credit history. I've had three of them. I've had 10 years. I can get, my credit would work better than his, but he's got the cash from trucking. I said, well, let's buy a home together. Let's do something. And we just, you know, so we started working towards that. And do, do I know how it's going to happen? No, I don't know how God's going to do it, but I know how faith works. Faith is believing in things that I can't see. Faith is taking the unseen realm and bringing it into the seen realm. The confession of your faith is actually what takes the things that you're believing God for and pulls them into this realm, pulls them into this Mark chapter 11. Let's go, let's go to Mark chapter 11. We'll get into this book in a second. But you see that all these people that in the Bible, they had to live by faith and they got supernatural results. What I'm interested now more than ever is getting supernatural results. Why? Because every time I hear the natural man talk, well, we can't, we can't buy a home because they're three hundred, dollars $400,000. Oh, we can't do this because the interest rate is 7 or 8% right now. Oh, we can't do this because we're going to have to wait for the market to crash before we buy something. I thought, man, some people have been waiting for the market to crash since 2008. I mean, how much lower do you think it's going to eventually go? Pastor Mark just said, you might as well buy now. This was a few years back. He said, because it's just eventually going to all keep going up at some point. Now, it may dip down for a little bit, and you may have an opportunity. Ask the Lord to show you when to buy. I agree with that. Um, I, and I do think, you know, there's going to be a correction. But some people are waiting for the correction to go back down to like $150,000 for homes. I, it's never going back down. You have to get to the reality that you may be paying two fifty. I think two fifty is low right now. $300,000, $390,000, for a home. Um, and so I've seen some of them, and I just thought, well, you know, if, if faith is tapping into the impossible realm, then why don't we just believe God? I didn't have any money when I bought the first property. What makes you think I need money to buy the second property? So you might as well just start believing God. No, I don't want to say believing. You might as well just associate your faith and say, I already have what I believe God for. We'll look at that. Because if not, you're going to wait forever for the stars to align in your favor. And everything, you know, to hit right and then you to buy right. And that just, for most people, that never happens. You'll hear some people it will happen. But with God, it can happen every single time. Mark chapter 11, verse 22, and Jesus said, have faith in God. Not having faith in yourself, not having faith in your job, not having faith in people. But have faith in what? God. Trust God. If you're having faith in people, you're going to, we've all been let down many times. You'll be... Very sadly disappointed. Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes in those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says, or it says it shall come to pass in one translation. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, 
believe that you what? You receive them and you will have them. Brother Hagin said that he quoted this scripture for 16 months before it was real to him. He had been quoting the scripture for 16 months that I have, whoever says this mountain be removed, cast and seized, not down his heart, believes that those things which he says will be done. He'll have whatever things he says, whatever. Jesus put whatever in there. If, if he didn't, he shouldn't have said what he meant. He'll have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, past tense, and you will have them. The problem he said that he went through was he was believing he was going to get it. He was believing he would, would be healed. The problem is, is after 16 months of quoting it every day, he got a revelation that received means past tense that I already have something. I'm not trying to get healed. It is already mine. And he said that it went from believing or went from a head knowledge or a mental ascent to where that actually he said it and read it and until it got down in his heart to what he believed it. Some things you actually can school your self into the arena of faith by confessing the word. If you don't believe it, confess it until you believe it. If you don't believe you can buy a house, say you have a house in, in Jesus' name until you believe it. And that's one thing that I've, that I've done that well, I think when we bought that property out on Lake Jim, it's eight acres. And I just, we just kept saying, I just kept saying for, what is it, a year or two that I have a house in Jesus' name and have land. And, and then, you know, and mom was saying, we're going to buy it and you're going to get out, get out of our house and get off our couch. And, and um, I think her, we all were in, in, you know, needing faith and having faith and in, this, in agreement. And um, I remember when it went time you know, we were, we would go look in a popka and, um, everything was just, the doors were closing every time we walk into a home and try to buy one and the person, somebody would get it. But then this piece of property opened up on Lake Jim and mom goes, I know it's not in a popka, but it's out in Mount Dora. She goes, let's just go look at it. And I went and stood on the property and I didn't feel anything like the Lord saying, yes, buy it. This is yours. I think I was just more frustrated that we had been spending two years trying to get a home and this, the grass was six feet tall and there was a block shed and there was, the guy had cows and so he fed them and he took the bags and he just threw them all over the yard so there was just junk everywhere. And mom goes, well, this would be a nice quiet place for you to do your music. And I said, let's just buy it. I don't care anymore. I'm tired. I, it hadn't worked out in two years. Let's just buy it. Let's just, and I just, that's what I told her. Let's just, let's just get it. So she contacted the realtor and and um, we bought it, and they took the offer. It was like 120, and mom offered them 76 or 78 or something like that. And then after she did some research and found out he never had a survey done, she got him to go back down to 72. And he never paid the impact fees and all the other stuff, and so they took another couple thousand off the price. And then I'm paying her $250 a month for rent, and I'm barely making that payment. And I said, well, how am I going to make this payment? And she said, by faith, you're going to believe God. And, but the problem is, is I'm believing in what myself and my own ability. I'm believing that I'm not worthy to make, to be able to pay more than that. That's so hard. It's so far out. And I remember the first month when I went to make the payment, I had got, it was literally that, that month is when I got some side work. And I made a few extra hundred dollars and I made the first payment. I went, whoo, praise God. And I just said, Lord, I pray that it's going to have to happen again. And the second month I paid the, was it 685 was what my mortgage was at that time, like 10 years ago. And we can think back now, we're like, man, 685, that's, the, that's money you make while you're sleeping. 
and, but back then it was expensive to pay that for me. And I remember I made the second payment and the third payment and paid the property taxes and paid the homeowner's insurance. And, and God's just, it's expanding me to think bigger, not in my own ability, not in who, what I'm able to perform. And he had to get me to an area to where I had to believe it myself. But then after a year or two, I'm like, oh, this isn't so bad. This is actually kind of easy. And then you sit in the house for 10 years and you're like, okay, well, now it's either time to start building something else or buy something else. And it's time to increase again. It's time to stretch and not stay at that same place that we've always stayed. And so I learned something that one thing is, is that not only did we have faith, but we had action behind, behind our faith. And we started moving towards that direction. Now, I'm not saying it's your job to make it come to pass, but I do whatever I can in the natural to start moving that direction. And I don't know how sometimes, but sometimes like the other day, I just went in to the bank and I sat down with Rosa. She's, she's been there forever and Trusco's great because they, a lot of these new banks, it's like they don't even care about you when you walk in. But this is like an old they remind me of like an old country town bank where they're, everybody knows who you are. And she's like, sit down, come talk to me. Tell me how you've been. And then so we were talking and I said, so what, how, what would it take for me now to do this? And so she's like, oh, let me run the numbers and I can tell you exactly what you need. And I'm like, all right, well, there's a step of faith. Just going in and seeing what I need to bring in. And um, so I want to open up first chapter of this book. But that's where... I'm not trusting in my own ability to bring something to pass. Why? I didn't bring the first property to pass. It wasn't even me that did it. It was faith in God. It was faith in his word. It was giving, sowing. It was acting on faith, believing in something. And I got to the point after probably two years where I did start to believe that I could buy something. You start going and looking at homes and doing the walkthrough and looking at them all. And then after two years, you're like, let's just buy it. Let's just get it. You know, and at that, that point, I believed I could get it. Now, I didn't necessarily believe I could make the payment until, uh, and mom was really a great instrument in helping me to where she just kept saying, yes, you can make the payment. You'll make it. You'll be fine. You'll, you'll do it. Faith, have faith. You will do it. And I thought, okay, so then, you know, hang around people that have faith, that say you can do it. Now, I'm not saying I'd step out at that time and buy a million-dollar home, but it was every bit of my faith to buy something for 72000 which eventually when we bought it, it was 115 with the house. And that was where my faith was at, and that's where I was at. Now, when we get to the Ford Raptor, that's where I stretched my faith and even my father's faith a little bit. But we won't tell that story right now. <laughs> so chapter one, <clears throat> he says this faith, without faith, or no, Romans 10, 17, top of the page, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um, Hebrews eleven six, faith it, without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You have to believe that God, there is a reward for seeking God, or you won't do it. If you don't believe that prayer does anything, you won't pray. You won't come to prayer. You're here this morning because you believe, you're sitting here because you actually believe that it pays to come in to church and hear the word of God. That's what you're actually doing this morning. By faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right now as you're sitting here, faith's coming. You're sitting in church, you're taking time to seek God and it says what? You must believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. People that show up to church on Sunday morning, 
they believe that there's a reward for seeking him. And he said there's a reward. And that's why you come to church. That's why you come, you hear, you assemble, you, you get encouraged, you get strengthened. And God says you come, there's a reward for those who take time off to diligently seek him. But you have to believe that spending time with God is not a waste of time. You're spending time with the creator of the universe, with the eternal one, with wisdom, with all knowledge. And some people, like I said earlier, they spend their whole life in the natural, which I don't understand why that they do, but because that's all they've probably ever known, and they get natural results. But we read through Hebrews chapter 11, we want supernatural results. You, we want things to happen quickly and things to happen miraculously in your life, and we don't, don't wait till you're, you're, you know, till you're almost getting ready to pass away before you actually see your dreams come to pass. I don't want to wait that long. God has told us without faith it is impossible to please him. He also has told us how to get faith. If we don't have faith, God is not to blame. To blame God for our lack of faith is nothing in the world but ignorance. If we lack faith, we are to blame. So I'm going to read Romans chapter 10, um, verses 8 through 10, and then 13 through 14. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. It is in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of God is actually full of faith. When you're reading the word of God, you're, you're reading faith. When you're listening to someone preach the word of God, you're hearing them preach on faith. Because the whole Bible is, was impossible anyways. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus shall believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness, or you could say with the man's spirit, the heart of a man, not with your physical organ, because you can get a heart transplant and there go all your faith, you know what I mean? So, but he's talking about the heart of a man, the inner part of you. Um, believes under righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you got born again by faith. You got born again by listening to someone preach the gospel to you and told you about Jesus. And then while you were listening to them tell you about Jesus, you heard the gospel, you heard faith, and then you did what? You responded to faith. And that's how you got born again was by faith. Whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they not hear without a preacher? So men are saved by hearing God's word because scripture says that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now Cornelius in the Bible was not saved until he heard Peter preach the gospel. The angel did not preach the gospel. The angel sent to get Peter, but Peter had to show up to Cornelius' house, tell him about Jesus. He heard the word of God, and then faith came by hearing, and then all his household got saved and born again. So if you want more faith, just increase what you're hearing of the gospel. Acts 14, 7 says that Paul and Barnabas preached the gospel, and there was a certain man at Lystra, impotent with his feet, being crippled from his mother's womb, who had never walked, the same heard him, heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed. And he said with a loud voice, stand up right on thy feet. And he leaped up and walked. So we see that what happened here was that Paul had, uh, how did Paul heal the man? Well, he preached the gospel. Then he perceived the man had faith to be healed. And then he told the man to take an action and to rise up and walk. What did the man do on his part? He did three things. He heard Paul preach the gospel. He had faith to be healed. 
He leaped up and walked. The man was not healed by some special power that Paul had. The man himself had faith to be healed. And where and how did he get that faith to be healed? He got it from what he heard. Remember in Acts 14, 9 says, the same heard Paul speak. What did Paul speak? And they heard him preach the gospel. Paul, Paul preached what we call the gospel of salvation. And how did the man get faith to be healed? The man got faith to be healed because Paul preached what the Bible calls the gospel, which also includes healing. So the more that you're around the preaching of faith, the teaching of faith, that'll actually, um, if you need healing, if you need whatever it is that you're needing, faith for finances, faith for healing, uh, faith in, in the will of God for your life, the more you hear people preach on that subject, the more faith comes. So that man is sitting there listening to Paul preach the gospel And it says, and then Paul said he perceived that the man actually had faith. So while he's communicating the gospel to the man, the man is receiving the gospel. He's opening his heart. If your heart's closed to it, or if you're like, I don't believe any of this, well, you're not going to get, you must believe that God is a rewarder. Or James says, if you're double-minded, you're not getting anything from God. So sometimes you're going to hear something for a little while before it gets down in your heart and you start to believe that. Um, Is it warm in here to you guys? Hey, Megan, can you change that, turn the heat off, please, and turn the AC on, because I'm warm as well. It's the fire of God. Mark chapter 5, concerning, he said, the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus says, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. The Bible clearly shows that faith had not been done away with, and that uh, Jesus didn't say his power or his faith had made the woman whole. I just skipped down a little bit. Jesus said to the woman, thy faith has made thee whole. When I saw this, I knew that if her faith could make her whole, then my faith could make me whole too. And thank God it did. My faith tapped into the power of God and I was made whole. My paralysis disappeared and my heart condition was healed. Since then, I've been going at a hop, a skip, and a jump, and I've been preaching the truth of the gospel, including healing, ever since. And so Brother Hagen tells a story where he was reading on faith, and um, he was really mad at Jesus because, I, what I told you earlier, he had been quoting Mark chapter 11, and he says, if you told me, Lord, that I don't believe that you can have what you say, he said, I'd call you a liar. And Jesus says, you do believe. He says, the problem is you just believe as far as you know, and you can't have faith without actual knowledge. And that's why the more that you're reading the word of God, the more that you're hearing people, I listen to Pastor Mark preach on faith all the time. I listen to Brother Hagin teach on faith. Why? Because that's what I'm, the seed I'm putting in my heart. I need, sometimes you need knowledge, just more knowledge of the word of God. And so all he had was he just, that was the first scripture that he read when he was 16 on the bed of sickness with seven incurable blood diseases. He was paralyzed and he was reading that. And the Lord says, you do believe that I, that I am the healer, he says, the problem is you just believe as far as you know. And that's where he says after 16 months of him quoting, he got the revelation that what? I already have my healing. I'm not trying to get healed. It is already mine. Then it says that he began to worship God. And then he started acting in faith. One act of faith is just he started praising God that he had already had it. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that the paralysis is gone. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that the heart condition is gone. I'm not trying to get healed. I already am healed. Thank you, Lord, the healing is already mine. He says as he began to praise, and then he said he swung his feet out over the bed, and then he just kept praising. And then the Lord told him, he says, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Shouldn't young people be up and walking? And he says, he just, he swung his feet out as an action right over the floor. 
And his heart, he said, I'm going to get up and walk. And then he started praising God, and he said, power hit his body. And at 16 years old, he stood up on his feet. So he took his faith from believing to acting, and acting on the word of God is praising him, thanking him that you already have it. And it went from a, just a, a knowledge of the word to a revelation of the word, that healing actually belonged to him. So the problem is sometimes you're reading a great story in this book, and you're like, that was great for him. But then how does that apply in your own life? How does that apply for you in the situations you're going through? How does that apply in your finances, in your body, in your health? And um, the other morning, I was reading this, and I got to the end of it, and Brother Hagen was talking about confessing you have what you say, and, um, and I was towards the end of it, and I was just reading it, and I was fired up, and he was talking about turning situations in your life and walking out and speaking to those things. And so I have this little car that I bought, and um, it, it died in like a month. I was letting some people borrow it, some people that needed some help, a little Celica. And it's, it's just a little junker, but I bought it as a, like a backup car to drive. And, and, a, and it's a Toyota, supposed to be the best thing ever in the world, but it broke down. <clears throat> you know, if it was a Ford, no, I'm just kidding. I always say that because dad's in here. So it breaks down. And um, I got tired of sitting there looking at it, and I walked out, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command a motor to be in you. And then I just walked away. Now, I've said that before, but nothing happened. Well, I just go back to the Word and just keep studying faith, just keep reading faith, keep loosening my faith. 20 minutes later, this is funny, I'm driving down the street, and somebody from this church was behind me, and they honked their horn at me. And um, I looked back, and I thought, oh, that's, what's his name from church? And so I called them, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? They go, oh, I'm just over at your brother-in-law's lot getting some stuff for some cars. And, and um, we start talking, and I said, hey, you asked me what motor was in that Celica. I said, it's a 1.8. He goes, oh, yeah, I was actually thinking about that. He said, oh, what are you doing with it? Are you going to put a new engine in it? I said, I've been trying to sell it for, for parts and just not getting, you know, nothing for it. People don't want to pay anything. So I thought, well, if anything, I'll just put a motor in it. So he goes, well, we use Greenway up there, recyclers. And he goes, I can call them for you and see what I can get for, you know, for me. And I said, well, yeah, go ahead and do that. So he calls him, calls me back. And he said, they actually got a motor and it's only going to be, what was it, like 1300 And I said, tell them 1000 and I'll do it. Calls him back and he said, he'll take 1150 And he said, and he said, I'll pay half. He said, because that's actually been on my heart ever since I saw it. He said, I wanted to sew into that. Because he's a car person. He likes cars, and he likes to soup cars up. So he said, I want to sew into that. What happened was I, I was reading faith, studying faith, that you can have what you say. And I got so frustrated, that I walked out of my house, and I'm like, if faith can really change this situation, I command that situation to change. Amen. 20 minutes later, I'm at the red light of Sadler, and the situation changed. Now, I'm seeing steps of faith where my faith has started working, but I've taken a whole month and a half going through this book, studying faith. Why? Because I want to see the, I'm tired of nothing happening. I mean, if nothing's happening and, we, and, and God's not real and God's not supernatural, then we all are wasting our time here this morning. Let's just all sing and wait till Jesus comes back. Come get us in this, this God forsaken land, you know. And that's just the way that people... It's just that people just have this view right now that we're all waiting on Jesus to come back and get us and rescue us from all the trouble that's happening when actually faith is like, like what the founding fathers did where they said, we're going to go change the situation. And so the Bible says that in salvation implies the idea of healing, deliverance, safety, preservation, soundness. 
And so Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto deliverance. This is page three. Safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. So that's why he says we preach the full gospel. So this is Acts 8, 5 through 8. Philip went down to the city of Samaria, preached Christ or the gospel unto them. The people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For the unclean spirits came out crying. And it says all that were, they were taken with palsies and lame, he said they were healed in great joy in that city. So notice that as a result of Philip preaching Christ, then it says then Christ the healer showed up. There was faith for them to be healed. So after they preached the word of God, they heard the word, they understood the word, and then healing came. So that's why you get around um, preaching of the gospel, because it changes your life. Um, one thing that Brother Hagin said, he said, this is on page four, he says, he was talking about a lady. He said, a lady came to him that I could pray for her and told them it was unscriptural to pray for God using the words, if, if it be thy will, because healing is, is already promised to you. If you put the if in your prayers, you're praying for anything God's promised for you in his word, you are praying doubt. Some people think that they're humble when they pray that way, but they are really being ignorant. In other words, when you pray faith, you don't use an if. You will get no answer in the prayer of faith if you put ifs. He says, but when you're praying the prayer of consecration, according to the will of God, you do pray if. Lord, if it be thy will, if I go to this city, if I go to this town, if I do business for a year, if I come back and make profit. James says, don't say I will go to this town. But he says on the subject of faith, what Jesus has already promised in the word, you can, you can claim it. There is no ifs. Actually, I heard... Um, Kevin Zotti said in heaven, there is, the word if is not there. God does not use the word if. There is no ifs. If God says he's going to do something, he does it. There is no ifs in heaven. And so when people say, well, I'm believing God for my healing. No, you already are healed. Faith is present tense. Now faith is you already have the healing that Jesus paid for. It already is yours. Not I'm believing God for money. No, faith is taking the unseen realm of finances and saying you already have the finances. It is already mine. I'm believing God for a house. No, I already have a house by faith. It's already mine. It's I'm already possessed that thing, you have to see yourself as already having that thing. Not that I am believing because believing is what? Future. One day hoping. Now you need hope, but hoping is that one day I will get that. No, hope is one day Jesus will come back. Yes, that is true. Your faith is not going to bring Jesus back, but faith is now. Faith is right now. I have that thing which I've prayed for now. If you believe with your heart, confess. Or no, if you Say this mountain be removed, cast into the sea, not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say will be done. He shall have, have what? Present tense, whatsoever things you say. When is that? Right now. So if you're believing God for a home, I have that home now. You have what you say. If you say I'm believing God for it, you're putting it off into the future. That God is one day going to do this for me. That is not faith. Faith is I have it now. I have a new car now. I have my healing now. We have a church full of people now. Amen. We have a new building now in Jesus' name. We see it full. People are coming in. They're hearing the word. That is how faith speaks. Not we are believing God to fill this church up. That's putting it off into the future. That's hope. That we hope one day that God will do this. No, we, he says whatever things you pray, believe you receive them, you already have them. So faith has to get from, to the, from the believing and to the actual, you have it now. 
Now, sometimes it takes a while before you believe that you can receive something. I mean, it took me a while before I started saying, I have a home in Jesus' name before I actually stepped foot in the house. Why? Because you've got so much unbelief up there that God has to unwind all that mess to the point where you can actually see yourself making a payment of 600 see yourself of making a payment of $2,000 a month. It's no difference to God. I mean, he's got, you know, balls of gas out there burning in the sky, and he just keeps making more of them, and, and we're worried that we can't make $2,000 a month. Yes, in your own strength, it may be impossible. But God is, he what? He takes the impossible situations and makes them possible. That is the whole point of faith. So, I mean, um, let me maybe read one more thing. I'm going to go into, uh, I'm going to page nine. He says, notice that when the text says faith is the evidence of things not seen, someone say, well, yes, but the thing which I've seen and been praying about, I don't see it. It hasn't come to pass yet. But if you already had it, you wouldn't have to believe it. You would know. You would know it. In order to come to a place of knowing, you have to take a step of believing without seeing based on your faith and integrity in God's word. Many people want to know it first, they, and then they want to believe it. That is, they want to know it from the natural standpoint and have it come to pass first, and then they're going to believe it. That's not what faith is. However, we know we've received what the word of God tells us is ours because God's word says it's ours. We believe God's word without seeing any manifestation in the natural realm. Then we are believing that God, when we are believing God for the, that it materializes. Jesus says in Mark chapter eleven twenty four, 24, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. Notice that the having comes after what? The believing. Yeah. Most folks want to turn that around and have first and then they want to believe. But in common everyday language, Jesus was saying that you're going to have to believe it first. You're going to have to believe your petition before you get it. And so people will also say, well, I believe that I can get filled with the Holy Ghost because I saw sister so-and-so get filled. No, you believe because what God's word says. Well, I believe that this person got finances and then I can do it too. No, do you believe in Luke 6.38? Do you believe in 2 Corinthians 8? But one thing that he said in there was many people want to have it. They want, to get the, they want to get the motor in the car, and then they'll say, I, look at that. I do believe that now. That was what Thomas did. If I see Jesus, then I'm going to believe the holes in his hands. He said, blessed are people who believe, and they've never even seen. And so, but you have to turn that around to where I already believe that I have that engine in the car, that it is already running. I can see myself driving it. And then he says, what? Then that thing comes to pass. Yeah. But many people are waiting for the thing to come to pass before they, Lord, I'm, I'm waiting. And what are they doing? Uh, Jim Hockaday made a good statement when they're up here getting, when they're up here receiving healing, they're waiting for the symptom to go away. They're waiting. They're, they're, they're more focused on the natural side. What, what is faith? It looks at the unseen. So what happens is, is people are more conscious of the pain in their body than they are of Jesus. Jesus, the healer. And we're, later we'll get into this where, where Brother Hagin is laying in the bed of sickness and, he's, and he got healed, but then symptoms started coming back. Symptoms. It's just symptoms. He said these are just tests where Satan's putting stuff back on him, seeing if he's going to take it, seeing if he's going to go, oh, well, maybe I didn't really get healed. So he was laying there, and he says, Jesus, I'm in pain. What should I do? He said, consider me, Jesus, the apostle, the high priest of your confession, who sits in the heavens, who's interceding for you. Consider me. So he said he just started laying in bed and thinking about Jesus, thinking about Jesus, the healer, thinking about how Jesus had already healed him, thinking about Jesus as the high priest of his confession, that Jesus on a cross, he said he laid in bed at night thinking about Jesus, worshiping Jesus, and what? All the pain and symptoms left. Woke up in the morning, nothing. 
He says, but Satan would come back and try to put something on him and say, see, you didn't get healed. He said, no, I got healed on this day at this time when I already received my healing. That's when I was healed. Just because that you receive a healing does not mean Satan is going to come back and, set, and put a symptom on you, put sickness on you. Now, you don't have to take it. Brother Hagin said, I had many marvelous times to, to take uh, a, a symptom back. And he said, I just chose not to take it. Just because you start coughing doesn't mean you have to get sick. And so, but, or, or you start feeling symptoms of sickness does not mean you have to take that. And so that's where the thing where he said he lay in bed feeling symptoms, but faith is that he already is healed. He already has it. So what he would do is sit in bed and he would what? Consider Jesus. Not consider the pain. Not consider the problems. Not considering your financial problems. But, he's, but Jim Hockaday made a good point. He said many people are up here when Kevin and Annie are ministering, they're more conscious of the symptoms in their body than they are Jesus the healer. Why? Well, it's faith. They've done no time putting that, what pastor taught about, the seed of the word in their heart. So many times people have come three times and then they said, I believe when you pray for me, I will be healed. Some of the people, the three months before, they were saying, well, I hope I get healed. You're not getting healed. Hoping is not faith. Faith is now. And so you have to go from hope to actually believing that it is already yours and you have it now. So that's the first thing on opening the door to the supernatural. You are healed. You are blessed. You are rich. You are prosperous. You're not trying to get rich. You're not trying to get blessed. Blessing is already a part of the covenant of what Jesus did for you. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.